Well, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. Uh, we're so glad that you're here with us uh, this morning. Um, uh, I just I want to begin by doing a couple of things. Sister Laura, if you're okay sharing a testimony, I'd love for you to just, just, share, just share a moment before you come, before you come. Um, it's, just, it's just so wonderful all that, that God is doing, and I just want to share with you just, just for a moment here before you hear another testimony. Um, but this last weekend here at the altar, God has just been doing some wonderful things. Um, but one of the stories that I want to share with you that just happened recently is there was a, uh, an 89-year-old woman, almost 90 years old, and um, she came here to, uh, to, to the church, and she comes from a Catholic background. Um, and she said, but, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, she, she came and she was invited and she came and she came with some family members. And so she came, she was a little hesitant to come up to the altar, but um, her family brought her up anyways. Uh, and she just came with just faith, expecting God. Um, and so she came with a cane and she had uh, an injury to her leg, her knee, her uh, this side, it was her uh, right side. And um, she just came and she believed. And uh, we laid hands on her and we prayed for her. and We just asked God's miracle. And um, not right in that moment, but right after church, I think it was, she realized that she had been healed. Um, and so at that moment, she got rid of her cane. And even when some family tried to give her back the cane, she refused it because she just, she, she knew God had healed her. And, and since then, she has been sharing this testimony, and we give glory to God because these are the miracles and the things that He is doing, and what He has done, He is continuing to do. And it is our humble hearts before Him, and it is our faith that we come before Him. And it has been so wonderful just to see the move of God in so many areas of our church. Um, but here is this 89, almost 90-year-old woman, and, and God, is He's still in the business of healing. Amen. Amen. With that being said, I want to call just uh, Sister Laura, but you can come up here. Just, just stand right here in the, in the front. Ernesto's going to give you a, a mic here. Um, but just to share a little bit of uh, your journey and, and give glory to God for what he's done. Hi, my name is Laura. And, yeah. Yeah. and I've been through a long journey since April. Uh, some of you know I had one back surgery and then I went back in three weeks later for another uh, surgery and I wasn't the same after that. Uh, they, I had a staph infection um, that they had to reopen to rinse the bone and the instruments that are back here or the plates but I can't do prayer night. I was feeling so bad. I was depressed. I was just done with that. I didn't like it at all. I was feeling weak, uh, tired, disappointment, mad. Um, but I came to prayer night, and let me tell you what a revelation. Woo! He came through uh, I went to, I had a doctor's appointment the day after prayer night, and they cleared me. I'm fine through prayer, through God. Oh, my goodness. Like we say, without him in our lives, we're nobody. 
Thank Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we praise God. I, I, I remember that night and, and just all that God was doing and the things that she was concerned with and the things that were uh, going to happen and then, and then the test results. And it was like, wow. And we just gave God glory for that. So we thank him. We thank him. Amen. Um, just a couple of quick things that I want to emphasize before um, I get into the word. Uh, number one, it, it's always wonderful that we get into a season where we're having a compassion project. And so um, we are getting ready to uh, do this. And we do this a couple of times a year where we raise some money to give it away, to, to meet a need, to minister, to advance the gospel. And so um, right now we are going to be raising $2,500. And so this is our giving and investing above our tithes and our offering. This is a, a special gift to these areas. And so there's a couple of things that we're doing. Number one, um, we're going to be sending money to Africa and to Kenya. And specifically, we're partnering um, with the college that I work at, Epic Bible College. And we are going to be help um, training pastors who are called to ministry um, and are working in ministry, but they don't have the theological training so part of the money that we're going is going to be giving to them so that they can receive this education and have, be able to take these courses, do all of this, receive this training as Epic is going there and we're going to be helping them and get all of this. And so there are several other churches, but we are one of the churches that's going to be helped giving towards this project to help these pastors in these rural areas who do not have the education, but we want to make sure that they're preaching correctly from God's word and teaching and training the next generation. And so when one of these pastors receives this education, that is only going to multiply in so many other ways as the kingdom of God will advance in these areas. So we're really, really excited about this. Um, the other part of this money that we're raising is going to go to Nicaragua. Many of you know that we've built four houses there already, and it has been absolutely wonderful. Now, um, the missionary that we're working with is working um, with the indigenous people that speak a different dialect than Spanish, and we are now building church buildings there, putting pastors in place, and helping reach people that are completely unreached. In order to get to the place where they're at, they have to travel by boat eight hours in a boat to get to the place. So even when we build the buildings there, all the materials are going in these boats that look like long banana boats type, and they're going in there eight hours up the river. Well, one of the, the particular areas there or in the area is called the Mayanga tribe, and these are tribes. Um, and they are there is a bridge. You ever see one of those bridges that kind of you see in a movie or something, Indiana Joe? I don't, I don't know, something where the, the big bridge and it's got like the planks and it's got the ropes holding it across? Well, they have to cross this bridge every single day to get to go. They're going to go work and do what they're doing. Many of the, it is, is destroyed and beat up over the years. And so part of this money that we're going to raise is going towards this bridge that is going to be rebuilt. We're not the only church giving to this project, and so he's already got a portion of the money coming in from other churches that have already began to donate. And so the portion of the 2500 is 1500 from us that he knows that we are going to commit to give to, and that's specifically going to this bridge, and it's going to be here for this indigenous tribe and these people. And so this is simply going to help us continue to advance the gospel as we come in and help with them with this major need that they have 
that is going to show them so much of God's love, and we're going to be able to continue to preach. And this unknown people, they, they don't know Christ at all in, this, in these tribal areas. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a wonderful thing, a powerful thing. And so um, I, I thank you so much, church, for your generosity in all ways. And, and you're a faithful church, a giving church. You tithe. You give your all those things. You give to missions. This is above and beyond that where we're going to give to this project. And so maybe you can give a one-time gift, and maybe it's a couple of dollars, or maybe you're able to give 500 or maybe you're able to give whatever it is that you're able to give to. And maybe you can't give it all at once. If you'll scan this QR code, it'll actually allow you to set up something like like payments because say you say for example you want to give fifty dollars and but you want to give ten dollars at a time you can do that there with the QR code or if you go into your regular giving you can just hit compassion project and the money will again will go to this project um, but if you wanted to do it in a campaign and do it that way you're more than more than welcome to but thank you so much you know how we're going to accomplish this together together and so the missionary one of the missionaries that we support all the way over there is, is going to know that we're, we're together. We're here in Sacramento, and he may be with us here in November. He's going to be out here in November, so you might get to meet him in person in November. Um, but I'm excited. So we're going to help with the pastors in Kenya and help them get their education, and we're going to help build this bridge, and it's going to be a tremendous blessing. So thank you so much, church. Together, let's, let's continue to do some great things for the Lord. Amen. Um, with that being said, uh, let's take a moment and pray as we jump into today's word and what God has for us. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and all that you've done. There have been some things, God, that you've stirred in our hearts, that you've revealed to us in worship, God, that we've even laid down to you and said, God, I give you this. I let it go, God. I let it go. I just want you, God. There are some powerful moments that have already taken place as you have revealed yourself to us. I just pray, Father, your blessing as we get into your word, God, that it would speak and connect in a way, God, that is supernatural. I pray, God, that it would accomplish all that you desire for it to accomplish. I pray, God, that it would bring conviction and encouragement. It would strengthen, Lord. It would bless us, Father. It would, it would help us to see and understand the desires of your heart. Father, we give you glory and we thank you for all that you want to do. And we receive it. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 To get, scar to, to get started, let me ask you this question. Um, have you ever had a conversation, a heart-to-heart -heart with someone? Well, you sat down, maybe you're sitting across from a table, maybe, maybe you're driving in a car, but you're sitting down and you're having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. You say, you know what? What's on your heart? What's on your heart? Have you ever had a conversation like that? Have you ever been asked, has someone ever asked you, you know, what's on your heart? What are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What are you going through? What's on your heart? You know, I love asking that question. I ask that question with my kids. And once we get past some of the silly answers, we get a little bit deeper. We get a little bit more serious. And I can learn more about them and I can learn my heart. I'll, ask, I'll also ask my wife that question and I'll ask her, you know, and, and we talk a lot. But I'll ask her, what's, what's on your heart? What's, what's on your heart? What are you thinking? What are, what, are, what are you feeling? What is it that weighs heavy on your heart? What, 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 have, what, what have you been, what's been stirring on your heart and your mind? You know, as believers, we also have another relationship. Right? You just elbow, what? You have another relationship? Who you got another relationship with? Elbow them back. So we got a relationship with Jesus. 
right? As, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, as followers of Christ, we have a relationship, each and every one of us, and this is unique to us, right? We have a relationship with the Lord God Almighty. It's a relationship where we have access to express our hearts, but also to hear His heart, to understand the things that matter to Him, the things that are stirring on His heart, the things that He desires. You see, in the book of Revelation, there's a letter written to the angel of the church in Laodicea, and essentially he's telling the church, he tells them, listen, church, I love you, I discipline those I love, and if you turn things around, we'll actually become closer. We'll actually become more intimate. We'll be closer. And he says this in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. He says this, listen, I am standing and knocking at your door. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will eat together relationship. Relationship. See, God doesn't want this distance, long distance relationship. He wants something close. He wants something that every single day you wake up and you say, hi, God. What are we going to do today? These are the things in front of us. He, he wants something that as you lay your head on your pillow, God, thank you for all that you did. He, he wants intimacy in our day, throughout our day. He, he wants this close relationship. But what do you know about God's heart? What do you know about His heart? More than often, we do a whole lot of time expressing our heart to Him. God, these are the things that are heavy on my heart. God, these are the things that I would like to see happen. God, God, this is what's going on. God, this is heavy. God, I need you. God, I need you. But what's on his heart? What does he desire? What does he want to see happen? It's a relationship that goes both ways. You see this box? This is God's heart. Ever wonder what's inside of it? Ever wonder what he thinks about? Ever wonder what he desires? I'm going to open it. He wants his children to get along. He wants an intimate relationship with us. He wants to see people free. He wants people to love him. There are things that God desires, and there's so much more to that. But getting to know his heart, his desires. You know, imagine that you know that our heavenly Father, He's so big, so amazing. He's our Creator. He spoke life. He loves us. He's He's taken us out of a pit, right? Put our feet on solid ground. He's broke chains in us. He's freed us. He's, he's helped us. And so we're walking with him and all this. He, but his heart is all that he does for us. What is on his heart? Can you see how much it matters that in a relationship, 
Both parties know each other's hearts. Imagine you're planning a weekend away and you're going to leave the kids with the babysitter. And, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're sitting them down and you're saying, hey, um, this is how I want you to behave while I'm away. And you talk to them about their behavior, much like the Bible talks about, right? The Bible talks a whole lot about how we are to live this life, right? Morally, how we are to, to handle ourselves, the right and wrong about things, absolutely. The problem is there are a ton of churches, there are a ton of Christians that only stop at the moral behavior. But may that never be us. So you're sitting down with your kids and you tell them, this is how I want you to behave while I'm away. Absolutely. The second thing that you tell them is you tell them the things that you would like for them to get done or to accomplish while you're away. Just like us as a church, God not only teaches us in his word how to live, but he also wants us to get some things done while he's away. And so he leaves these things as personal responsibility for his children, for his sons and daughters. This is what he's done. You see, in the book of of Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, the Apostle Paul writes, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. How then are they to call on him in whom they've not believed? How are they to believe in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Wait, who's the preacher? Is the preacher the pastor? No. The preacher is anyone who brings good news of the gospel. You are the preacher. You may have never thought of yourself that way. You may have never identified yourself that way. But you are the preacher. You are the preacher with good news of the gospel to share. How will they hear? They will hear through you. They will hear through you. You are the preacher. Verse 15 says this, but how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. You carry the message of good news of good things. Tell them about what God has done. Throw out your net. Cast your net out. Cast it out. There are too many people that have a net but fail to throw it out. There are plenty of fish all over and they got a net. I don't know if I should throw out a net. Somebody else will throw it out. Somebody else will still do that. And God is calling you to throw your net out. God has left you with a personal responsibility to throw your net out. God has left this to us. See, it's not just a command or a commission to fish. It's, it's really what this is about is this is about the discovery of God's heart. It's about learning what matters to him. It's about learning what he desires. So what is on God's heart? God desires for the lost to be found. And if you've ever lost something special to you, you know those feelings. You want more than anything to find what you've lost. And you're thinking about it, and you're wondering about it, and it's on your mind, it's on your heart, you can't wait till you find it. You're asking God, you're asking everybody that you know. You want to find what you've lost. You know, my kids have gotten really good at hide and seek. Uh, They've just taken it to a whole nother level. 
Just recently we were playing a game, not too long ago, and I couldn't find him. I could not find him. Borderline started to get a little worried, started having almost negative thoughts. What? Stop. Don't think about that. They're in the house somewhere, right? They've gotten so creative. <laughs> but the feeling when I found them was amazing. The peace, the joy. <sighs> That's right, Lord. They were here, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for their creativity. But the feeling when you find what you've lost is, is, is amazing. Kind of like God's heart. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, it says this, As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want, someone say God wants, he wants them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, he says. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? People think that, that God is just ready to punish and send people to hell. Oh, yeah, go, 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 go. And he's going to do that. But he takes no pleasure in that. He's not like, yes, I'm sending them to hell. That's not God. He takes no pleasure in that. That is the truth. That is the reality. That's what's going to happen. Anybody can try and deny it if they want to. It doesn't change the fact that that is the truth. But God, His heart, He takes no pleasure in that. He takes, he, there's no desire for, for Him to, to do that. His desire is that people would turn it around. And you might be listening to this right now, and it might be you. And the truth is that you haven't been walking right with the Lord. And the truth is, the Holy Spirit has been tugging at your heart, and you know that it's time to turn things around. For many of us, we've, been in, we've just kicked off a church-wide fast, and you've written down a name, and there's somebody that you would like to see come to know the Lord. This Tuesday, we're going to begin to pray for that name. But there is somebody that, that is on your mind. Is there somebody that just come to mind? Let somebody come to mind right now that you want to see come to know the Lord. If that's your heart, you want to see them surrender and serve God. I want you to understand something. God wants them to be found. God wants them in His arms. It is His desire. God wants to see them free and transformed and walking in His ways. God desires this. It is His heart. It is His desire. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says this, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, his promise to return. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Someone say, God wants. See, God is displaying his patience. We are in a season of grace. There is a clock and it is ticking. And it's tick, tick, tick. There is a time. There is a timer. There will be a time. But right now is a season for us to surrender our lives, surrender our heart, and serve the Lord God Almighty. I know some of you Christians are grateful that God didn't come 10 years ago. I know some of you are grateful that He didn't come 5 years ago, or 3 years ago, or last year, or 3 months ago. We're grateful He didn't come. Because it allowed us to be welcomed into his kingdom. It allowed us to make a choice to get right, to turn from wherever we're at or whatever we were doing, and to get right with God. 
It allowed us the second chance. The Holy Spirit was tugging at our heart, and we finally got it, and we said, God, we're done with that lifestyle. God, I want to follow you. I don't got it all worked out, but I want to follow you. Right? We're, we're grateful for that as we are in this season of grace. It's another opportunity for someone to repent before it's too late. Every day is an opportunity. You see, there is a compassionate purpose in God's timing. Here's the truth. Here's the truth, and this is what I want you to know. People are living in spiritual death, awaiting eternal death. Right now, can't see two feet in front of them. Robots just going about it. Don't realize, don't recognize that this is going nowhere. It's been going nowhere. It's still going nowhere. And they cannot see. They cannot see. Living every day in spiritual death, spiritual blindness. They're missing out on the meaning and the beauty of this life and the beautiful life to come. You know, the devil's business with them is different than, than Christians because, you know, he, he already has them. You know, as Christians, we face attacks. We face attacks on all sides all the time, right? We've made a choice for, for the Lord, and so the devil wants to attack us. He wants to pull us back. But as, as, as Christians, we've got to learn to stand firm. We've got to learn our, the authority that we have in Christ. We've got to learn about the armor of God. We have to learn to defend ourselves in the spirits, right? We have to learn to, to and understand and strengthen this and make sure this is strong because the devil wants us to feel weak and insecure and to doubt and all the, this has got to be strong. Right? We've got to learn these things. And the devil wants to just kind of get us and grab us and pull us away and chain us up. But with those who are living in darkness, it's a little bit different. They are in a jail cell with the door open and they don't even know that they're in a jail cell. They're living every day in darkness and they don't understand. And some of them think, you know, one day I'll get right with God. Some of them don't even care. Some of them don't know anything about what's going on in their life. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, But as for the cowardly, who's that? Those who know the truth but won't stand for it. Cowards. Faithless. Those who, who, who refuse to believe. Detestable. Who do every evil practice they can think of. They come up with evil things that they can do. Murderers. The sexually immoral. From having sex outside of marriage to cheating on a spouse to pornography to, 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 to any of those type of things. The sexually immoral. Sorcerers, right? Black magic and white magic and, 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 and witch doctors and witches and all kinds of things. And, and palm reading and cards and, and tell me my future and all those things. Idolaters. Those who put things above God. And liars, just every, it's just a lie. All It's just a lie. It says their portion will be the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. People are living in death, awaiting eternal death. Now, I get it. That's a harsh reality. But it's also the truth. We are not about to read the Bible and say, well, hey, I, I like this one. It says I'm going to be blessed. But then when it talks about this harsh reality, this truth, oh, no, oh, no. No, no, no. We take the Bible, all of it. 
We receive all of it. It is the truth. It is our compass. And in that, we, we walk in that. We walk in that. Again, somebody don't care, don't believe, don't, don't, don't know this, but it doesn't stop it from being true. So for us, as the body of Christ, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about this? You see, God has commissioned us. What can we do? The Bible says in John chapter 12, verse 46, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have come into the world as light. Someone say light. So that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Someone say darkness. So who came into the world? Jesus. He came into the world as light. So what are we going to do with that information? What are we going to do with that? This is where we stop looking to our neighbor, stop looking to somebody else, stop looking to someone. Well, well, I got a fishing net, but so do they. So maybe he'll throw his. Maybe she'll throw hers. This is where we stop looking for someone else and we take on personal responsibility. I never want us to be a church where the church is, is focused on, well, we just live morally right. And absolutely, we got to do that. And that's one part. But Jesus left us two things. How to walk this out and responsibility. Both of them are ours. Both of them have been given to us so that we would walk in the things that God has for us. We just need to present people with the opportunity to choose him. Now listen, we cannot make people come to Christ. We desire, oh, we desire, we desire, I desire that person to come to know the Lord. To walk in his ways, to surrender their life. Absolutely, I desire it. But I cannot make them. But what I can do is throw out my net and present them with the opportunity. And not give up. Sometimes you've got to throw that net again. Well, Pastor, I threw out my net one time. Good. Throw it out again. And again. And keep throwing out that net till you catch that fish. One of my favorite parables in Scripture is found in Matthew chapter 25. It's called the parable of the talents. And Jesus opens up in Matthew 25 in verse 14. And he says this again. It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. And, you know, the rest of that parable, he, 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 he gives this one this amount, he gives this one this amount, he gives this other one this amount. He says, I'm leaving, I'm going, this is what I'm trusting you to do while I'm away. And then he comes back and he checks what they've done with what he's placed in their hands. See, what is his wealth? What is most valuable to God? See, whatever God puts in your hands is supposed to be used to build his kingdom. And he trusts you with that. See, God doesn't give you so that you can live the good old life. And there's nothing wrong with living a good life. But God doesn't give you so that you can just do that. God gives you so that you can build his kingdom. God trusts you so that you can build his kingdom. See, what you need to understand is you have been uniquely given a sphere of influence. Some of you have connections with people that she doesn't have connection with, that I don't have connection with. You have been giving a sphere of influence. You have a connection of people. You have a group of people that you have the opportunity to share Jesus with that is unique and unlike what I have. 
You have a space, you have an area, and God has trusted you with that. He has woken you up so that you understand you've come out of your slumber, and now God wants to use you in that area. That the people around you, that the people that you run into, that it is not coincidence, that the coworkers that you have, that it is not coincidence, but God wants to use you to be a light, to share what God has done in your life. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to rob hell? Are we going to build the kingdom of God? Are we going to live a life on mission? You see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 8, it says, for at one time you were darkness. It doesn't say you were in darkness. For at one time you were darkness. And then it says, but now you are light in the Lord. And then it says this, walk. Someone say walk. Walk as children of light. Do you know what children of light do? Do you know what the walk of children of light looks like? They help set others free. Children of light help set others free. You are called to help set other people free. You are not just given your freedom for you. You are not given your freedom so that you can walk, live the good old life, and yep, one day I'll be in heaven, it's me. But around you is people who are living a spiritual death and are waiting an eternal death. But God woke you up. He paid a price for you so that you would help set others free. Can you see his heart? This isn't just about us. Well, I got to get me right and I got to try to walk and let's, and I'm going to try to endure and walk. Absolutely. But you're called to cast your net, cast your net, cast your net. God has done something in you. What he's done in you is what he's uniquely, why God chose to do it in your life, the way that he did it in your life, the way you came to know the Lord, the way you did the way that you received healing, the way you received freedom, the way that he saved you, the way he pulled you out of the pit, the way he did, the way he did it in your life is unique to you. That is your net. Throw it out. Cast it out. Oh, pastor, I tried to cast out my net before. and Nobody, no, I didn't catch any fish. Pick up your net and throw it out again. Throw out that net again and begin to walk in your purpose. Begin to walk in the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ has lent you for such a time as this. You are revival. Revival is in you. It is in your heart. It is in your spirit. God is stirring you for such a time as this. We're not praying for a future revival. Revival is now in you, in your life. His spirit is ready to work and to move. God is present. He is here now. He wants to set people free now. He wants to save people now. He wants to heal people now. Now is the time. Cast your net. Begin to walk in the things that God has for you. 
children of light, help set others free. God has commissioned you. He has ordained you. He has called you. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 9, verses 37 through 38, he says this, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Ask the Lord, ask the Lord. Do you know that there are generations of disciples that prayed for you? There are generations of men and women of God filled with the Holy Spirit that said, God, would you send out workers? Would you send out workers into the field? The harvest is plentiful. They prayed for you. And here you are with understanding. Here you are with a testimony. Here you are with God has done something in your life. You are the worker. You are who God has chosen. You are who God has called. You are who God has anointed. For such a time as this, you are. It is in you. God wants to use you and your story and your journey and the things that you've had to overcome and the things that you've faced and the Goliaths that you have defeated. All of it, God desires to use you. And generations after generations have prayed, you are the answer to prayer. You are the answer to prayer. As they have got on their knees and they've cried out to the Lord and they said, God, would you send somebody to help? That is you. So if they have cast their nets, it's time for us to step into casting our nets and sharing what God has done in our lives. Now is your season. Now is your time. Give people the opportunity to choose Jesus and continue to pray that people will grab their nets right next to you. That you won't be the only one throwing in your nets. And I can guarantee you that Mosaic Life Church, we will grab our nets and cast them out. So pray, continue to pray that others will join. I want you to see this. God desires that you would walk in your commission. That you would walk in what he says, I have given you full authority in my name. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach the next generation of disciples to do the same. He has commissioned you. It's in you. Now is the time. You know, God has been stirring my heart so heavily in this area. That we would step into these things that God has for us. That we wouldn't just be one side. That we're, we're, we're behaving well and working on our behavior. But we're not working in what he's left us to accomplish. We, we, we must step into this. It's time for the church to wake up and get ready. Wake up doesn't mean just live right. Wake up means do what he left us to do. So here's my challenge for you. We're going to close and pray. We're going to take communion. Holy communion. My challenge is this. Ask for eyes to see and ears to hear while you drive and walk through the community. Maybe even right after church. Maybe this week. I want you to get in your car. I want you to walk through the area. And I want you to begin to go and, and, and just say, God, I'm driving right now. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Help me, God, to see your desire for this group of people out here. 
Maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's a homeless person in the street. Maybe it's somebody in a business suit. Maybe it's somebody pushing a grocery cart and picking up groceries. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's a mom pushing a stroller. Maybe it's your next door neighbor. Maybe it's your friends that come over. Maybe it's your community. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's your classmates, whoever it is. God, would you give me eyes to see and ears to hear? God, would I know your heart for these people? Pray this. Ask this. I'll ask God to reveal this to you. And secondly, share your story of hope and healing in Christ and let God do the rest. Let God do the rest. You just need to throw out your net. Let Him know what God has done. Let God pull the fish in. Let, let God bring in the harvest. Our job is to work it. Let God, let, let God do the rest. Let God, He's the one that does the healing. He's the one that does the saving. We don't take credit for that. God is the one that pulls them out of the pits. God is the one that gives them hope and gives them life and gives them freedom and gives them salvation and gives them heaven. God gives them, we don't give them those things. We are His messengers. We are His vessels. We are His sons and daughters. We are a reflection of His lights. We are His lights. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for this opportunity to, to be in your house and to hear your word. Continue to stir our hearts. Help us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. God, help us, God, to, to, to walk the behavioral things out that we need to act right and do right and honor you with our behavior 100%. But also, God, help us to take on the personal responsibility that you have given each and every one of us to cast our nets, to let them out, to go fishing, to work the harvest. Help us, God, to step into those areas. May our church grow in this season with taking on, with receiving our personal responsibility. And may we bring glory to your name. With no one looking around, and maybe you're here this morning. Just like I mentioned earlier, the truth is, you know, you haven't been living right with the Lord. But you recognize that and you say, you know what, I want to get right with God. And if God can forgive me, then I want to be forgiven. I want to be made right. I want to turn it around. I understand it's his desire. He wants, and this is the season now. Today is the time for me to turn it around and walk in him. And if that's you, you say, I, I, I want to follow Jesus sincerely and leave my old life behind. If that's you, would you quickly just put your hand up and then down? Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. I thank you for an opportunity, a season, a time that we have this moment to choose you. Thank you that you are here now. Thank you for the hearts and lives that you're tugging at through your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Today we come to you in all humility and we recognize our path and our ways and we say, God, we're willing to surrender all of that and choose you and follow you 
follow after your ways and step into the things that you have for me. Father, I pray your blessing over every person that raised their hand. I pray, God, for your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness, your saving grace over them. I pray, God, for a relationship, Lord, where they can express their heart to you and they can hear your heart. I pray, God, that you heal them and you set them free. I pray chains broken in their life, Lord. I pray, God, that they begin to walk in your purpose. I pray, God, that they begin to hear your voice and recognize your voice and obey your voice. I pray, God, that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would seal that and anoint them, Father. I pray, God, that you would do a wonderful thing in their life. I pray, God, that this would just be the beginning, Father, whether they're coming to you for the first time or they're rededicating their life, whatever the season might be looking like, Lord. But I pray it is a victorious season, a powerful season, God, a season like never before I pray God that you would do a wonderful thing in them in the intimacy and the closeness and their relationship with you God I pray God that you would stir their hearts and I pray God that they would be a part of the workers that work the field God I pray that they would walk in light Lord I pray God that you would cover them with your spirit Lord I pray that the blood of Christ Jesus would cover them I pray that you would send your mighty angels Lord I pray God that you would teach them your ways and teach them how to stand firm and teach them how to put on the armor of God I pray, God, that you would teach them, Lord, how to battle in the Spirit. I pray, God, that you would teach them your authority, God, and how to walk in victory, Father. I pray, God, that they would be an agent of your love, and they would walk in your commission, and they would receive your commission, God, and they would speak of your love and stand on your truth and walk in your ways and tell the whole world all that you have done, God. You have just given them a net. Help them, God. Teach them about their net and help them to throw it out, God. Oh, Father, do a wonderful thing, Lord, in your sons and your daughters. Father, we can't help but come before you with gratitude and in humility and in love. Thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name we all pray. Amen.